Chapter 1 July, 1790 Since the 4th of July fell on a Sunday in 1790, the official celebrations were held on the following Monday. In New York, capital of the fledgling federal government, the citizens set aside their usual preoccupations and turned over the day, as a reporter put it, to the little gods of festive mirth and conviviality. There were good reasons for the festival atmosphere, too. Finally, years after the last battles against Britain, the full benefits of independence seemed attainable. The new general government, as many called the federal system created by the two-year-old Constitution, had begun to organize the finances of the country and bring the economy out of its post-war slump. And even though the new republic was still weak, and its government very much a work in progress, the prospects were increasingly promising. It was a good time to commemorate the signing of the Declaration of Independence and with a bit of real enthusiasm. President Washington, on Monday, even gave up his usual dawn horseback exercise to prepare for the events of the day. Those events were, like the President, dignified, understated, and straightforward. In mid-morning, the New York militia mustered in the lower city, the pageantry of their parade heightened by bands and punctuated by gunfire salutes, thirteen rounds from cannonet the battery, and rolling musket salutes or fou de joie from the infantry. Toward noon, the members of Congress, New York officials, strangers of distinction, there was as yet almost no resident diplomatic community, and the officers of the Society of Cincinnati paid their respects to the President at City Tavern and marched with him down Broad Street to St. Paul's Church. There, they listened to a sensible oration by Brockholst Livingston, which the President described as follows. The tendency which was to shew the different situation we are now in under an excellent government of our own choice to what it would have been if we had not succeeded in our opposition to the attempts of Great Britain to enslave us, and how much we ought to cherish the blessings which are within our reach, and to cultivate the seeds of harmony and unanimity. Following the service, most of the assembled company retired to Birchin's Tavern, where they enjoyed a festive and considerably less sedate banquet, punctuated by numerous congratulatory toasts. It was a big day for New York, still a small town at the time, and the last such celebration for the city by the Hudson. By the end of the year, the federal capital was to move to the United States' only major city at the time, Philadelphia. Similar commemorations were held in other American cities on that day. The prominent role played in the ceremonies by the militias and the Society of Cincinnati demonstrated that the day was, above all, a celebration of American success in the war for independence, and a commemoration of the role of the citizen-soldier in that effort. In New York City, however, Aaron Burr's new Society of St. Tammany gave a slightly more anti-establishment cast to the day by mounting a second celebration for its own membership, who were treated to a public reading of the Declaration, as well as more solid fare. Everywhere, it can safely be assumed when considering the tippling customs of the time, much spirituous liquor fortified the patriotic sentiments of those on the street and in the banquet halls, where the toast were numerous and enthusiastic. 
Hail to this festival, all hail the day, Columbia's standard on the roof display, and let the people's motto ever be, united thus, and thus united be. Of the many banquet toasts made that day, in Philadelphia, New York, and probably elsewhere, one stands out. To Louis XVI of France. This Republican toast to that royal ally was undoubtedly sincere. French help had been crucial in winning the recent war. But, in light of the momentous and revolutionary events that were then unfolding in France, the toast may also have been deliberately double-edged, expressing thanks for the king's help in the past, while at the same time celebrating his present dilemma.